This is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Pinchas, sharing the message. When the time came for Aaron to die, Moshe took Aaron himself and Elazar, Aaron's oldest living son, up a mountain. Moshe divested Aaron of the special garments of the high priest and put them on Elazar. With his own eyes, Aaron got to see his legacy safely and honorably passed on to the next generation. He was able to witness his sons literally bearing the mantle of the priesthood. In this week's parasha, God prepares Moshe to die as Aharon did. But Moshe's death scene is not as sweet and satisfying as Aharon's was. Moshe's death does not, in fact, contain the most coveted element of Aharon's passing, the promise of a qualified successor. However, the rabbinic tradition shows how Moshe's challenges in the realm of succession provided him with an opportunity to invest his replacement in a unique and instructive way. The tale of how Moshe graciously guided his student Yehoshua into his own place teaches an important lesson about how to step aside and encourage others, and also when we might need to step up and do more ourselves. Like Aaron, God invites Moshe up a mountain in order to let him know that he will die. God said to Moshe, Ascend this mountain of crossings and see the land that I have given to B'nai Israel. You will see it, then you too will be gathered in death to your people, like your brother Aaron was gathered. However, this is the only significant similarity between the deaths of these two brothers and partners. Unlike what was done for Aharon, God does not provide Moshe with clear instructions in how to pass on his leadership to anyone, let alone either of his sons. Instead of being guided in a process for transferring his authority, Moshe has to beg God to appoint someone to guide the people in his absence. Vayadaber Moshe al Adonai lemor. Moshe spoke to God, saying, God, God of the spirits of all flesh, should appoint a man over the people, who will go before them and come before them, who will bring them out and bring them in so that the people of God should not be like sheep without a shepherd. To truly receive the type of death that Aaron received, after Moshe had scaled the mountain, he would have been told that he was dying. He would have had the merit to pass on his role to his child, and then he would have immediately and gracefully passed away. But Moshe does not bequeath any honor to his children, and Moshe does not die right away. Instead, Moshe has to search for a leader, appoint that leader, and watch this successor act in his stead while he is still alive. And Moshe is panicked when facing the void of leadership that he sees coming. And the Sifre points out quite succinctly that when God invites Moshe to die as Aharon did, it could be understood as a promise to Moshe that he would die in the same manner as Aharon did. A death like Aaron's is something that Moshe desperately wanted and that Moshe most certainly did not get. 
Magid shenit avem Moshe lemitato shel Aharon. This tells us that Moshe desired the death of Aharon, as it says, Kasher nasaf Aharon achicha. Like your brother, Aharon was gathered. The phrase, like your brother Aharon, points to the fact that Moshe very much wanted to die like Aharon, but that he sadly did not receive that blessing. But why not? Why didn't Moshe receive the death that he so desired? Why wasn't he taken in the way that Aharon was? And if Moshe's death is so inferior to Aharon's, then why does the text compare the two? Why bring Aharon up in this context at all? The Midrash in Avot Rabbi Natan retells and dramatizes this moment, explaining why Moshe did not die as Aharon did, and illustrating what happens instead. Prepare yourself to learn Torah, for it is not your inheritance. Ketzad, how? When our teacher Moshe saw that his children, who were not full of Torah, would be next in line for leadership after him, he wrapped himself and stood in prayer. Amar lefanav, ribono shalolam, hodi'eni et mi kanes, et mi yete barosh kola amaza. Shenamar vayedaber Moshe al Adonai lemor, yifkod Adonai elohe rocho lecho basar, he said before God, Master of the universe, tell me who will enter and leave ahead of this people. As it says, Moshe spoke to God, saying, God, God of the spirits of all flesh, should appoint a man over the people who will go before them and come before them. Moshe, kach et lecha et Yehoshua, lech v'amod lo torgaman, the Holy Blessed One said to Moshe, Moshe, take Yehoshua, go and appoint a Torgaman, an interpreter, for him, and he will teach before you at the head of the gates of Israel. This retelling on the part of Avot Rabbi Natan explains why Moshe could not have had the death that Aharon did. Aharon's son, Eleazar, was worthy of succeeding his father, but Moshe's own children were not. To Moshe's credit, he is aware of this and asks God not to appoint his sons just because they are his sons, but rather to find and appoint someone else who is both worthy and prepared. Significantly, this Midrash also records a very particular vision of how Moshe demonstrated to the people that he was passing the torch to Yehoshua. Moshe set him up to teach by giving Yehoshua an interpreter, a Torgaman, referred to in Babylonian texts as a Mitorgaman. There are two basic types of Mitorgaman. The first is someone who acts as an almost simultaneous translator at the public reading of the Torah from Hebrew to the more commonly spoken language of Aramaic. The second, later model, is the person who is present during public lectures, who amplifies both the volume and the content of the Torah that is being taught by the teacher. Moshe gives Yehoshua a metorgamon in this second mode. Moshe gives his assistant his own assistant as a concrete way of signifying that Yehoshua is the new rabbi. 
By appointing someone to share Yehoshua's message, Moshe gives Yehoshua all of the equipment that he needs to teach and lead effectively, the tools he needs in order to be heard. Perhaps it is the significance of the Maturgaman that explains why Aharon's death is mentioned at this juncture. Maybe it is in honor of the memory of Aharon that Moshe chooses to inaugurate Yehoshua's leadership with this gesture. Because, in many ways, Aharon was the Maturgaman of Moshe. Moshe was uncomfortable speaking on his own, so God says to Moshe that his brother Aharon will speak for him. Hu lecha lepeh. He will be a mouthpiece for you. Midrash Seichel Tov states explicitly that at this moment God appointed Aharon as a metorgaman for Moshe. V'samta et hadzvarim b'fiv, k'darshan hazeh shesoderet hadzvarim b'fi ha-metorgaman. Hu yelecha lepeh, dehainu metorgaman bencha levein ha'am. You shall place the words in his mouth, like this teacher of Torah, who arranges his words in the mouth of the metorgaman. He will be a mouthpiece for you, that is, a metorgaman, between you and the people. Being Moshe's metorgaman is a uniquely significant job. For in Moshe, both models of the metorgaman, the explainer of the written Torah, Torah Shebichtav, and as a loudspeaker for the Torah of the rabbis, Torah Shebaalpeh, are united. What Moshe teaches as his Torah, we know of as the Torah. In Moshe, the oral and written Torahs are identical. Moshe's Torah, Sheba Alpeh, is Torah Shebichtav. The person who speaks for Moshe represents the fullest expression of what it means to teach Torah in a way that a listener can hear and a learner can understand. This is true about Moshe's Maturgaman because Moshe himself is the Maturgaman of God. We hear God's Torah in Moshe's words, Ka'asher diber Adonai biyad Moshe. Without Moshe's interpretation and amplification, without the involvement of his person, the Torah would not speak in human language, and we would not be able to hear the divine voice. The example of Moshe underscores that it is a mistake to think of the Maturgaman as someone who is merely a piece of assistive equipment, nothing more than a microphone. For were it not for the Maturgaman, the lesson would not be shared and the Torah would not be understood. A great teacher is only as great as her effectiveness as a communicator. Even God, the greatest teacher, relied on someone else to communicate his message clearly and effectively to make the divine light visible and the still small voice audible to the human ear. When Moshe appointed a Maturgaman for Yehoshua, he was not only elevating him to a position of greatness, he was also teaching him an important lesson modeled by his own path in leadership. Moshe was not selfish with his status and honor. Moshe was happy to share his power with the other elders and the other prophets of the camp. Moshe's way of using his metorgaman was consistent with the Rambam's recommendation. The teacher should not raise his voice louder than the voice of the translator. The teacher should not raise his voice louder than the voice of the interpreter. And 
and the interpreter should not raise his voice louder than the teacher when he is relaying a question to the teacher. A good teacher and maturgaman relationship is respectful and equal. They each respect the role that the other plays, realizing that effective teaching is a result of their shared partnership. Understanding the centrality of the role of the maturgaman should encourage us to evaluate whether we are contributing and sharing our talents and ideas in the best way possible. Is there someone whose insight would make my thinking better? Is there someone whose language will make this idea more beautiful or more accessible, more sensitive or more real? Is there someone whose voice can carry my message to more people or to different places? As we ask these questions, we should also consider the ways in which we can support, clarify, and amplify the work of those who surround us. When Moshe appointed a maturgaman for Yehoshua, he demonstrated that meriting a mouthpiece is an indication that one has something of great value to share. Our understanding that God used a maturgaman, and no one less than Moshe, should invite us to try to identify the places and ways that we can serve as interpreters and sharers of insights and gifts that are not our own. To be a maturgaman is to be entrusted with an incredibly challenging, meaningful, unique, and sacred task, a role that we should feel honored to fill for one another. Wishing you a Shabbat of clear and shared communication. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Divrei Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.